Filthy Henry, Case Files, The Exile, Part 2. fairy detective felt the sting of hard freezing snow on his cheeks. Breathing heavily, he let his breath catch up before he risked opening his eyes. Above him, Filthy Henry saw a strange milky sky. Looking left and right, he could perceive a distinct curvature to the horizon. How he imagined the sky would look if Earth was tiny. Filthy Henry figured he had been transported somehow inside the globe. The sky met the ground a kilometre or so from where he lay on either side. He groaned and got to his feet. Behind him, the castle and tower loomed. From within the globe, the castle looked as real as anything in the outside world. However, on closer inspection, it appeared to be mostly in ruins. Some of the walls of the main keep had collapsed, leaving the interior exposed to the elements. The tower looked intact. A faint candle shone in the single window at the top. Filthy Henry pulled his coat closer, trying to fend off the cutting icy flakes. He'd been caught in magical traps before, but this one was really a doozy. An entire reality created inside a mundane object. He really didn't like to think of the power required to pull this off. It was most likely God-level magic. The fairy detective's revealing spell had triggered a magical tripwire, and now he was trapped inside. His day more than likely ruined. He glanced up at the light in the tower once more. Let's get this over with, Filthy Henry sighed, before setting off in the direction of the castle. As much as the fairy detective liked to make himself out to be the font of all knowledge, he genuinely didn't know what he would find in the tower. His best guess was that it would have something to do with Edgar. The black something or other, quotes intended. Filthy Henry smiled to himself. It got him every time. What a tool, he said aloud. He reached the castle after a hard couple of minutes fighting against the extreme weather inside the globe. The snowstorm seemed to be abating somewhat the closer he got to the tower. Yeah, I really could use a lick of paint around here, Filthy Henry thought, as he walked through the open entryway of the castle. Two massive wooden doors slumped on their hinges, unused for a long time by the looks of it. The interior was dark. Filthy Henry clicked his fingers and a lighter-sized flame appeared on his thumb. He picked his way through deserted rooms, broken furniture, and empty hearths, before passing into the inner courtyard. The crooked tower rose before him. He pushed open the door at the base, and entered into darkness. With his thumb light, he could see stairs winding up the interior. No lift, he thought. Typical. The fairy detective wasn't a fan of stairs. He usually avoided them at all costs. He could tolerate a floor or two, but any more than that would reduce him to a sweaty mess. Fifteen flights worth of stairs were uncalled for. At the last step, he fell on his hands and knees panting and gasping for breath. He crawled forwards towards a large wooden door. Pulling himself to his feet, he pushed experimentally. The door didn't budge. He pounded on it three times, the sound reverberating throughout the empty tower. 
From within, there was a small audible click as the being, God fairy or otherwise, opened the locked door. It opened a crack. Yes? A wavering voice asked. Open up there, will you? Filthy Henry said. I'm sort of busy right now, the voice answered. It was a voice the fairy detective knew all too well. The voice of Edgar, the black whatever you're having yourself. Busy being a tool, Filthy Henry shot back. Come on, Ed, I don't have time for this. Let me in. The door opened further, revealing a young man in a black robe within. He sported a beard that had grown wild down to the middle of his chest and hair that tumbled over his shoulders and down his back. His face was angular and aristocratic, with two unusually intense green eyes set within. He looked intently at Filthy Henry before recognition poured onto his face. Filthy Henry, he spat. One of the same, Edgar. How's life? The fairy detective replied. You ruined my life, Edgar said. Well, ruin's a bit dramatic. I would say I changed your life. Saved you from the bad path you were going down. You should really be thanking me, Filthy Henry said. Thanking you? You exiled me to England. Hold on there a minute, sunshine. I think you did well for yourself. I met your wife and your butler. You don't see me running around with a butler or living in a castle. You don't understand, Edgar said. If you hadn't exiled me, I wouldn't be stuck here. I don't see the link, Filthy Henry replied. Being stuck in an ornamental snow globe for sixty years, it's hardly my doing. Be a good man and let me sit down for a minute. Those stairs nearly killed me. Edgar reluctantly stepped aside and let him in. Filthy Henry sat heavily on a crude wooden stool beside the bed. Nice digs, the fairy detective said. Now let's get down to business. Who did you annoy enough that it landed you here? Edgar took a seat on the edge of the bed. He looked miserable and slightly vulnerable. Filthy Henry had never seen him like this. How long have I been in here? he asked sadly. I can't seem to remember. When I try and think about it, my mind goes blank. I really should just rip off the band-aid, the fairy detective thought. Yeah, I've been here fifty-five years and change, he said. Edgar's jaw dropped. And my, my, Anna, Anastasia? Your Anna what? Oh, the Baroness. She's fine. She could do with a bit more sleep, though. And your butler's an idiot. Chesham? Is he still around? No. Chiswick. Without being racist, I guess all butlers look the same. Why are you here, filthy? Haven't you punished me enough? Hold your horses. I usually don't try and punish people twice for the same crime. It was 50-50 that you'd get yourself into deep water with the kind of magical dabbling you were doing. You had every chance of cleaning up your act after I banished you. Instead, you marry a posh bird and come straight back to Ireland under false pretenses. Doesn't seem like you tried too hard to turn over a new leaf. I'm here because you've been keeping the wife up at night with your whinging. Edgar's face lit up with a smile. She heard me? I can't believe it. Yeah, she hired me to figure out what was going on. I had no idea you were a husband until I saw your portrait. But why now, after all this time? Edgar asked. Well, the best guess is the spell keeping you here is waning. Probably so slowly it would keep you here for several hundred more years. But weakened enough to let your voice carry back to the real world. Now, 
enough with the old friends catching up act. Tell me how you ended up here, so I can figure out how to get out. All right, you were right. I didn't stop trying to summon fairies after my exile. If anything, in England, I found out how to increase the power of the spell. Filthy Henry rolled his eyes. That was a level of stupidity that even he was impressed by. For him, magical power was innate. It was in his bones and in his blood. For druids, their magic came from making a deal with a gullible fairy to sponsor their magical endeavours by allowing the druid to borrow some magic directly from the fairy. For a dark magician like Edgar, their magic was rooted in their own hubris. Dark magicians would spend years reading old books and tomes written by the fellow dark practitioners. Spells involving ancient Latin and more blood than any ritual had a right to. But, at the end of the day, it was all just a very elaborate play. Pure theatrics. Dark magicians did not, nor ever had, had any access to actual magical powers. Any recorded instances of a dark magician benefiting from prancing around in a freshly made goatskin cloak just happened to be entirely coincidental. They had sought to gain wealth or power by eliminating a rival, and said rival then met an accidental death, one which was attributed to the dark magic working. When in reality, it was pure chance, a randomly synchronised twist of fate. Coincidences in the mortal world happened all the time, for utterly inexplicable reasons. The problem with dark magicians, Filthy Henry had always found, was they knew just enough to be dangerous. Any that had crossed its path had typically never had access to anything from the fairy world that might have caused the fairy detective some concern. Edgar began to speak. In the British Museum, I found an old Celtic artefact, a talisman, which will allow me to put more power into my summoning spells, Edgar explained. Which I suppose you stole, Filthy Henry said, sighing. No, I borrowed it. By posing as an archaeologist, my wife helped open those doors for me. Once I returned to Ireland, I used it in my summoning ritual. So what did you do? The fairy detective asked. Let me guess, you had a visitor you didn't expect. Well, it was going terribly well, Edgar began. I put everything I had into the one spell. The freshest blood, the juiciest entrails. Ah, I can see by your expression you don't need to hear any more of those details. Anyway, once cast, a woman appeared before me. I was delighted at first. Filthy Henry rolled his eyes. Go on. But then I noticed her eyes. I had never seen anyone with such an untethered look. I asked her her name. She said it was Nemain. Filthy Henry whistled. Dagda above, please tell me you're joking. No, I'm serious. She seemed rather annoyed. She demanded to know what I was doing. I couldn't tell her the truth about what I intended to do with the magic, so I lied and said it was just an experiment. Let me guess, she didn't believe you, the fairy detective said. No, she didn't. The next thing I knew I was here. The fairy detective took a deep breath. Namain is a war goddess, you dolt. One of the more incendiary ones as it happens. She has like negative patience and openly celebrates the fact she's too can short of a sick pack. She also detests lies. Well done. We could be stuck here forever. I've tried everything to get out of here, Edgar said forlornly. I just want to get back to my Anastasia. 
Filthy Henry felt a smidge of pity for the man. Just a bit. It was possible Edgar had learned his lesson. Regardless, this didn't change the fact that he needed to get out of there. Standing up from his seat, the fairy detective walked over and stood in front of Edgar. Right, you idiot. Think. Fairies don't put people into prisons or contracts without a way out. It's part of the rules. Any mortal must be given a way to get out of the situation that they usually put themselves in by dealing with fairy folk. Like a key? No, not a key, the fairy detective said. Do you think you'd still be here if Namain had given you a key? Typically, it's the wording they use when cursing a mortal or securing a contract with them. Fairies tend to speak very precisely, so that their words don't have a chance of ambiguity working against them. There's always a get-out-of-magical-jail clause in the wording, but the clause is always something that's totally impossible to achieve. Technically, they are following the rules, but there's nothing to say they can't be unachievable targets. Such as? Edgar asked. You know, catching sunlight in a jar, Filthy Henry said. It's technically impossible, but still, something you could theoretically do. So, think, what were the exact words the main used before sticking you in here? Edgar stared down at the floor and frowned. Filthy Henry could almost see sixty years' worth of cobwebs unravelling from the man's mind as he thought back to that night. The dark magician began to rock back and forth on his seat, as if the movement would knock his mental marbles into action and let them run through the gullies of memory in his head. If memory serves, she said that I would be forever here until I could face myself, stare into my own eyes and see my own sadness. Filthy Henry grinned. Are you kidding me? That's it. That's all you had to do. He looked around the tower room. What had been the easiest exit clause the fairy detective had ever heard almost instantly became the hardest. There was nothing in the tower that could act like a reflective surface. No glass or metal. Not even a polished tile. The tower room was simply home to detritus and debris, most of which Edgar had fashioned into furniture. Filthy Henry walked over to the nearest window and stared out at the snow swirling around the tower. How do you eat and drink? he asked the dark magician. Mm, I don't, Edgar answered. I haven't since I arrived here. Never thirsty, never hungry. Tired, yeah, I sleep sometimes. Most days I sleep. I walk around out in the snow and then I sleep. No liquids required nor provided because a still pool of water could act like a poor mirror. Nemain had thought of everything. Keep the mortal alive through magic, stuck at the same age forever, and thus not risk him being able to fashion anything that could act like a mirror so he could look into his own eyes with nothing but sadness. Crafty fairy, the fairy detective said, leaning his elbows on the windowsill and staring out into the storm. He liked to think of these stares as his inspirational stares, when staring out into nothing suddenly caused his brain to come up with an amazing idea to save the day. It had never failed before, and thankfully, it didn't seem to want to fail today either. Filthy Henry squinted through the swirling simulated snowflakes at the light beyond the storm, the light on the other side of the glass globe they found themselves in. Glass, the fairy detective said. Edgar, get your dancing shoes on, we're going for a walk. Trudging from the tower to the nearest section of the snow globe, 
had taken longer than Filthy Henry figured it would. The snowdrifts around the tower seemed to be higher than they were anywhere else in the festive prison. What made the trek even worse was that Nemain had enchanted the snow inside the snow globe to be cold. Typically, you didn't see real snowflakes swirling around spherical ornaments, on account of how they would melt away faster than a snowman in a tanning bed. Yet, as each flake whipped at the fairy detective's face, he felt the chill of winter on his skin. Looking behind at Edgar, Filthy Henry felt a little concerned. Out here in the whiteness around the tower, the dark magician seemed to be frailer, as if the illusion of youth was simply masking the bones of a very old man. Fairies were known for being many things, but needlessly cruel was not one of them. While Nemain would have made sure that Edgar had no way to ever get free from the globe, it was not beyond the realms of possibility for her to have left a little failsafe, so that the dark magician could scream goodbye to those outside before he passed away. Pushing such dreary thoughts from his head, Filthy Henry faced frontwards again and focused on their destination. The edge of the world. Oh, how the flat earthers would love to see something like this in the real world, Filthy Henry said out loud. Flat earthers? Edgar shouted over the whirling wind and snow. What's a flat earther? Right, fairy detective said half to himself. Well, you've missed a few things since you were confined in here. Don't worry about it. The world's still just as messed up now as it was before you went in. More so, if you ask me, if anything. Technology was probably the worst thing to happen to humanity since Eve took a bite out of that apple. They reached the glass barrier that marked the edge of the world inside the globe. Filthy Henry grinned, reaching out to place a hand on it. His grin vanished instantly. What's the matter? Henry took his hand off the glass and pointed at it, then leaned back and looked slowly left and right, along as much of the curved barrier as he could see from this position. There's no reflection. The snow, wind, presumably ice, has been destroying this glass for decades. It's chipped and scuffed, enough to remove any ability for it to reflect an image like a mirror. Well, melt it then. Use your awesome magic. I've seen it. Launch a fireball at it. Melt the glass down so that we can reform it, polish it, and release me from this cursed place. The fairy detective liked the idea. It had everything he tended to look for in an escape plan. Fire. Aiming a finger directly at the glass in front of him, Filthy Henry drew upon his magic and shot a concentrated stream of white-hot fire out. It struck the glass, splashing around for a second, before the spell completely dispersed. There was no damage on the glass surface at all. It was as if nothing had hit it. Now that's disappointing, Filthy Henry said. The main really has thought of everything in order to keep you in here. How in Dagda's belly are we meant to figure this out? Until you can look yourself in the face and admit the wrongs you've done, Edgar said wistfully. In a way that's worse than leaving me with the means to enact my escape. I know how to but never had a chance to. Ah, to be fair, Filthy Henry said, you didn't even know how until I pointed it out to you earlier. But Moby isn't going to get us out of here. We need to think. I don't suppose you've stolen any other artefacts or talismans that you want to return to the fairy world. Something you may have had stuffed in your pocket when you got stuck in here. Edgar shook his head. The only object that I've ever found, which even came close to being real, was the one that summoned the main in the first place. I genuinely think that if we do get out of here, I've learned my lesson, 
and I'll never dabble in the arcane arts again. An idea took form in the fairy detective's mind, one that was so simple it paired nicely with the escape clause which Nemain had given to Edgar. All it would take was the barest amount of magic, but all the criteria for escape would easily be met. He walked over to the dark magician and held up both hands, palms out, just in front of Edgar's face. What are you doing? Edgar asked, taking a step backwards. Stay still for a second, Filthy Henry said. I think I've got this figured out. Filthy Henry framed the man's face with his hands. I dublach. A fine mist formed just before the fairy detective's hands, like a hundred vapours had all exhaled at the same time. It drifted along on the snowy winds towards Edgar's face, swirling on the cold eddies. Slowly, the mist spun entirely around the dark magician's head. With three circuits complete, it floated back from Edgar and towards Filthy Henry's face. There was a brief flash of grey in Filthy Henry's vision and the bear's tingle on his skin. The expression on Edgar's face said it all. The spell had worked perfectly. You look exactly like me, Edgar said, pointing from his own face to Filthy Henry's and back again. True magic. It's a shimmer spell. Pretty much only useful for parties. Plus, it'll only last about five minutes, so get to looking at yourself and say sorry. Edgar took a deep breath, then looked Filthy Henry directly in the eyes with a sadness the fairy detective had only ever seen in the eyes of a lost puppy. I should never have focused on gaining power and meddling in things man need not meddle in. As a human, I've failed and angered the fairy folk, and I'm sorry for my transgressions. All I want is to see my beloved one last time before we die. There was a flash of lightning, and the snow stopped swirling around them. A slight woman in a full-length white dress stood between the two men. Her hands were bunched into white-knuckled fists and her face scrunched up in a rictus of annoyance. Who would dare? Nemain snarled, looking from Edgar to Filthy Henry and back again. What is this? Immediately, Edgar dropped to the ground and prostrated himself so much he practically flattened into the dirt. Oh, great and powerful Nemain, please release me from this prison and I shall spend the remainder of my days doing nothing magical in nature. Nemain frowned and stared down at the dark magician. Slowly, she turned her head and looked at the fairy detective. She brought up her left hand and swiped at the air in front of Filthy Henry's face. He saw the face mask turn into mist and drift away. Oh, the half-breed, Nemain said, disgust in her tone. You've got your father's chin. Filthy Henry ignored the jab. Listen, Nems, help a half-breed out. I've been hired to bring this Muppet back to his wife before she does the two-step shuffle off this mortal coil. Nemain's face reddened, and Filthy Henry involuntarily braced himself. This one dared summon me, then lied to me. He's not just served as punishment. You, however, may leave. But you must answer me a question truthfully, or suffer the same fate she said. I'll tell you what, how about you hear Edgar out, then make your decision, then you can ask me what you like, Filthy Henry replied. Nemain thought for a moment. Very well, proceed, but I don't have all day. Edgar took a deep breath from his spot on the ground. Goddess, I simply wish to return to my beloved wife and see out the rest of her days at her side. 
I promise never to use magic again. I'll do anything to get back to her. Lemaine's wide, crazy eyes studied him. Well, I'm a sucker for a good love story. I have some conditions. Agree, and I'll allow you to return to your wife. You must also answer a question truthfully. Do you agree to my terms? Filthy Henry was about to point out that Edgar didn't know what those terms were, but he decided to let the man make his own bed. Yes, of, of course, anything, Edgar said, climbing back to his feet carefully. Very well. First my question. Are you truly sorry for attempting to entrap fairy kind and use them for your own egotistical purposes? Yes, yes, I'm truly sorry, Edgar replied without hesitation. I'm satisfied, she said. But you shall have no memories of this place, nor what you tried before. All involvement with magic and the fairy folk will be removed from your mind. I will not be so kind should you stumble upon our world again. Half-breed, your question. Do you think I am beautiful? Filthy Henry froze. This was a terrible question to ask him. If he said no, she might be offended. If he said yes, he might have been lying. Fundamentally, he didn't believe someone could be beautiful and be a whole shed load of crazy at the same time. He chose his next words carefully. I think you're terrifying. Nemain laughed and the tower shook. You delight me, half-breed. I wouldn't be against meeting you in the future, she said. She waved her hand and the world shifted. Filthy Henry closed his eyes and felt the forces of expansion and contraction around him. He held his breath. With his eyes closed, he let out a long exhale. Breathing would help with the vertigo. When someone else teleported you, it was always vertigo. Almost like the inner ear was attuned to specific magic. Excuse me, young man, a voice said. But where am I? Filthy Henry opened his eyes and saw an old man with a long white beard and cascading white hair sitting opposite him on the couch in his flat. Edgar? Filthy Henry asked. No, I'm Ronald. Who's Edgar? Ronald said. Filthy Henry smiled. Nemain had really done the business with her spell. Edgar didn't seem to know who Henry was. He didn't remember he wasn't a Ronald either. Where's my wife? Ronald asked. I would like to see her. Filthy Henry smiled. Not a bother, he said. He picked up the snow globe from the floor and noticed the buzzing sound was gone. He pocketed it and helped Ronald to his feet. I'll have you home in a jiff. As reunions went, it was an emotional roller coaster. Filthy Henry was almost moved by the nonagenarian's delight at seeing each other. But better than that was wiping the smug look off Cheswick's face. Filthy Henry couldn't explain to them how he had found Ronald, so he simply didn't bother. The job was done, he would get paid, and the two old dears would hopefully live blissfully together until the end of their lives. He felt it was a better end for Edgar than he could have hoped for. Not bad for a morning's work. The fairy detective made his excuses and left them to their happy ending. Filthy Henry Case Files The Exile is an original story by Derek Power and Niall Milton. Music and production by Niall Milton. 
Other works by Derek Power are available on Amazon via Kindle. If you enjoyed this work, why not leave a review or a rating on your platform of choice? So you don't miss out on any further case files, subscribe today.